0: People make fun of me because I get emotional, and then they put that stuff up there. It's a total mess up, man. It is not. Hey, if you actively serve or have served in the military, would you please stand? Yeah. Stay standing. I know you don't like that, but stay standing. If you're related to someone that served or has served, please stand with them and remain standing. Thank you. I want you to please stay standing. I want to do a prayer. So would you pray with me? Gracious God, on this Memorial Day weekend... We remember and give thanks for those who have given their lives in the service of our country. When the need was the greatest, they stepped forward and did their duty to defend the freedoms we enjoy. God, you've taught us that no love is greater than that which gives itself for another. Those we honor and remember today gave the most precious gift they had life itself for loved ones and neighbors for comrades and country Lord help us to remember that freedom is not free there are times when its cost is indeed great never let us forget those who paid the price to ensure that freedom would be our legacy Lord may we never forget what they have done help us to be worthy of their sacrifice Lord, we ask you to protect those who currently serve and their families, and it's in the precious and sweet name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you again. For those of you that are counting, that's one. I'm going to hear it afterwards. I got all my little... They're like, you only cried this many times. We're gonna go for a dozen today. No, we're not. We're gonna have fun today. You guys ready to have some fun? Yeah? You sure? I've got some help. I got DJ Stefan. Give him applause. So, Stefan and I get to do a lot of fun things. And one of the things I get to do as a pastor is I get to officiate. Wedding ceremonies. I wish I had his job, though, because it's a whole lot easier. You don't got to deal with the Munster-in-laws and all that other. No, I'm just kidding. He has the fun job. And it's an honor to do weddings. I love it. One of the things that I've observed is that life is a lot like the dance at a wedding reception. We're now in the season for weddings, and I'm sure some of us will be invited to a wedding at some point during the season. You see, and as you're at the wedding, you're going to find yourself sitting at the reception, and something like this is going to come on. in the middle right and you have these two-steppers that are really good and they're going around the dance floor you know we hide ourselves in the middle because I'm not that good of a dancer but I do it anyways and we have fun and we sing the song the good thing about a fun song like this if you're like a 70s kid you can just go give me a little bit more music and then Y'all, yeah, that's 60s. I got some old ones in here. <laughs> then, if something like that isn't your thing, you might hear something like this. We, go. we gon' show you how Stop, or I full oh my you see, when songs like those come on, we get up from our seats and we begin to dance because dancing to those songs feels pretty good. Anyone can dance to them. You can play it safe with those types of songs and just hide out in the middle, or you can get all over the dance floor if you want to. I'm going to have to get in shape for the next wedding. <laughs> you see, and, and when fun songs like this come on, everybody moves out to the dance floor because we love dancing to those kind of songs because they're easy to dance to. They're fun. They make you move. I heard some of you. I mean, the minute that, that why don't we just dance, I heard you start tapping your feet. <laughs> then i seen some of you when you're younger, you hear the Cupid Shuffle. The fun thing I like is at weddings when you're watching reception is is there's always some old lady that kind of gets out there and she's trying to get those, you know, she's trying to get it down before it gets to it. It's always fun to watch, but. but then there's a song change and something like this comes on. You see, when closing time comes on, the entire entire floor will clear. Because no one knows how to dance to closing time. You know, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. You find yourself somewhere in the awkward in between and you make your way off the dance floor. But when I do it, I act like I got a hurt knee. Just so they know I, I'm you know because I'm just, I'm so proudful of all my dance moves, i got to make it look like I got to go sit down. And there'll always be the cuddle couple that slow dances to every song, no matter what. <laughs> they don't care about the beat, they're just doing their thing. You see, I believe that life is a lot like the dance floor at a wedding reception because there will be moments in your life you find yourself. And songs like the Cupid Shuffle. And life feels good. It's enjoyable and it's easy. Then there's a song change in your life. And you find yourself in the middle of closing time. And life is awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be painful. Do you know what the only difference between real life and the dance floor at a reception You don't get to choose which songs you dance to. You do not get to sit out when you don't want to dance. See, you don't get to control the playlist of your life. You don't get to choose the playlist of your life. You only get to choose how you dance to the songs on the playlist of your life. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and today, we're essentially going to get dance lessons from King Solomon. And after you've seen me dance, you're like, thank God. (laughs) He's going to show us how to dance to the good and the bad songs in life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the first eight verses is a poem, and it goes like this. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Do those words sound familiar to you? If not, I'm going to ask Stephen to play something that might jolt where you've heard those words before. Makes you want to air guitar, doesn't it? back to 1965. Who sang it? The birds. What's the title? Turn, turn. There you go. See, you've heard it. You've heard those lyrics before. This song was number one on the billboard charts. And here's why that is so cool. It means that King Solomon wrote a number one hit in our country. Thank you, King Solomon. Hey, would you guys give it up for Stephen? Thank you for helping me out today, Stephen. See, what you need to know about this poem written by Solomon is that this poem is descriptive, not prescriptive. What that means is these first eight verses are not telling us how to live life. They're telling us what life is like. It shows us what we can expect on the playlist of our lives. So the first thing we see today is what to expect on the playlist of our life. The first phrase set the tone for the poem, and if we can understand the first phrase, we will understand the rest of the poem. Here's what the poem shows us about life life is constantly changing, life is unpredictable, life will be full of joy and full of sorrow. And you have little to no control how things actually go. That's real encouraging, isn't it? Happy Memorial Day. But we don't. We have little to no control how things will go. Let's look at the first phrase, a time to be born and a time to die. Did any of you in here have control on when your birthday was going to be? No. No one gets to choose the date on when they will be born. No one gets to choose when their baby will come either. You know, doctors can give you a due date that is really a good estimate, but ultimately he or she has no clue. In January, we were blessed with our second grandchild, Nora Faye, There you go. She's cute, isn't she? She takes after her Mimi. She was born by Caesarean, and this is really the first time I've had someone close to me have a kid through Caesarean, which that's a whole other, you know, thing. It felt, though, like waiting for a Pizza. We knew she was coming, we just didn't know exactly when. You know, they told us to be there at 11, and at 11.10, they finally took mom back, and at 11.20-ish, something, she showed up. You know, when Rachel and I had our first child, 1990, it's like, wow. Rachel woke me up at 6 in the morning and said, I'm in labor. And me being the sensitive guy that I am, I said... Drink some water and try to rest. Because I'm so cheap, I didn't want to drive. We lived in Glendora, California. We had to drive to Anaheim, which was 30 minutes with no traffic. And I didn't want to drive there and them send us back home because it was false labor. But after some persistence of I'm pretty sure I'm in labor, I got the last word and said, yes, dear. We got in the car, headed towards Anaheim. We're driving down the freeway. And she says, I think my water just broke. And I'm like, not in the car. <laughs> and in my, we, we were kids having kids. So I'm thinking, is the thing going to fill up with water? What's going to happen? I'm like, what does that mean? My water broke. But I knew it was somewhat serious, so I Actually, I don't remember what I did other than just drove to the hospital. Got to the hospital, went up to the front door, ran around, helped her get out of the car. I'm sure she was going, (laughs) you know, or whatever. And I think before we even got in the door, it's been so long I try to forget all the bad things that I did and wasn't prepared for. But anyways, I think before we got in the door, if I remember it correctly, there was a nurse there with a wheelchair. I don't know how she knew we were there other than the panicking of my arms waving outside or whatever. But they came, and so the nurse got her, and I was like, well, I'll go park the car, and I thought, you know, like you see on TV, I didn't spend much time in a hospital, so I thought we're going to have to go in and fill out the thing, and, you know, so I went and parked, I came in, I'm looking around the waiting room, like, where's my wife, and I'm from New Mexico. You know, San Juan Regional is not that big. We're in this huge hospital. And then I'm like, okay, so. so I went over and I asked them, hey, where's my?" And they're like, the one that just came in? I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, you better get back here. And they escorted me very quickly. Her first pain came at 6. Our son was there at 8. You know, and I looked down at Skylar. And I remember looking at him and thinking, now you are a dad. You better grow up. All the nerves. But ultimately, there was happiness. Holding Him brought so much joy into our lives. You see, this birth changed our lives. See, life is constantly changing, it's unpredictable. And there are times when it is full of joy. But you know what? Not only is there a time to be born, but there is also a time to die. In the last six weeks, I've officiated three funerals and attended another. All of them were heartbreaking because of the loss, and there were things that were unexpected and unpredictable about each one of them. You see, that is the point of this poem, It is showing us what we can expect on the playlist of our lives. Your life will constantly change. There will be times of joy and times of suffering. And we have little or no control over how things go. But there is one who has complete control. And Solomon hints at it in verse number one. For everything there's a season and a time for every matter Under heaven. This is saying life is full of seasons. And every single single season has been appointed. It has been determined by someone. You see, every season of your life has been appointed by God. So the second thing we see today is God is in control of the playlist of our life. Now it's possible that when some of you hear me say that God has appointed every season of your life, he has determined the good and the bad songs of your life. For some of you, that's pressing on a wound. The reason that feels like a wound is when you hear that God is in complete control of your life, And honestly, with all the things that are going on in this world, there is something in you that negatively reacts to that. Because you cannot help but think if God is in complete control, he cannot cannot be completely good. I believe that one of the biggest hindrances to people knowing Christ is pain. Pain. I imagine there are some in here that are bitter towards God. I'm sure some of you want nothing to do with God. Others of you are skeptical about God. Some fear to give him control of our lives. Because these two ideas cannot go together for you. For God to be completely good and to be completely in control. If that is you, the Bible, in just a few moments, will show us why you feel that way. Let's pick it up in verse 9 of Ecclesiastes. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the busyness that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart so that he cannot find out what God has done From beginning to the end. Solomon is trying to adjust our view of God. What we see in this passage is that God is in complete control. And God is completely good. Complete control, God knows what is going on from beginning to end. Completely good, God makes everything beautiful. In its time, David makes it even more personal in Psalms 139, verses 14 through 16. He says, This I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This is saying God is in complete control of your life. Before you were even made, God had mapped out and written every single day of your life from beginning to end. Not only is he in complete control, but he is completely good. David said, wonderful are your works, God makes no mistakes when he planned out the playlist of your life. What Solomon is trying to say is that somehow God sees the beginning of time and the end of time at the same time. God knows how exactly everything is going to play out in your life and in all of creation. The reason God knows how everything is going to play out is because he is the one that planned it out. Don't miss this. Somehow, God is never the inventor of evil. Somehow, God never infringes upon our ability to make free choices, yet he is able in his sovereignty to weave everything together beautifully and perfectly let me illustrate it this way it's like a mosaic a mosaic is a piece of art or image made from the assembling of small pieces a mosaic can look a little pixelated or like we got a bad version of it you see if we were to look at the mosaic of a person's life and we were to zoom in we would see that some of the pieces are packed full of joy and some of the pieces are packed full of sorrow. Our lives, in a sense, are a mosaic. They are full of pieces. Some of the pieces of your life are full of joy. Some of the pieces of your life are full of sorrow. But God in his sovereignty is able to To weave the mosaic of your life beautifully and perfectly. Because of our sin nature. We really mess it up. But God takes the messes and makes them beautiful. If we will let him. God sees the entire mosaic of your life all at once. All we can see is the peace we are in right now. And sometimes... The present is empty. Think about the mosaic of your life right now. You are stuck in one piece or the other. What is that piece like for you right now? Some of us right now are in a piece that is full of joy. I mean, everything is cruising along. Work is good. Family is good. Marriage is good. We just had graduation. Some of you are my kid graduated with honors the rest of us are my kid graduated (laughs) maybe your relationship is good maybe you got the grade you wanted everything in life is as it should be enjoy that some of us right now are in a really bad piece, and nothing is as it should be. Maybe you're dealing with heartbreak through the loss of a loved one. Maybe work is a drag. Maybe you're fighting with your spouse constantly. Maybe your life is not what you thought it would be. Maybe you didn't get the grade you wanted. Sometimes it can be very hard to love God when all you can see is the one small piece you are in right now. Because the small piece you are in right now has little to no trace of beauty in it. And that feels empty. Maybe that is why you've given up on God. The piece you are in has little to no trace of beauty in it. If Solomon is correct and God is in complete control and God is strategically weaving all your joy and sorrow together beautifully and perfectly here's what that means for you just because you cannot see God doing something doesn't mean that God is not doing something if you're down or you want to give up on God please hear this Just because you cannot see God doing something does not mean that God is not doing something. If you're in a tough piece, hang on. Don't give up. Draw close to God. James tells us that if we will draw close to God, God will draw close to us. God wants to make the mosaic of your life beautiful and perfect. He will take the good and the bad and make it beautiful if we'll let Him. We don't have the privilege of seeing what God sees. But you know what we can see? We can see the cross. If you've ever questioned if God is good, all you have to do is look at the cross. What the cross shows us is that God is not some distant, only worried about himself landlord. No, God is near. God is present. He stepped out of heaven and took on the form of man to live among us. Jesus Christ came to earth and he deserved to be worshipped as a king. Instead, he voluntarily got up on the cross for you and for me. He died so that we would not have to die. He was punished so that we would not have to be punished for our sin. He died because God let his son Die for our sake. Do you want to know if God has your best interest in mind? The cross screams absolutely. Jesus was sacrificed for us. Then he rose for us so that we could have the hope of being raised to a new life. Jesus conquered the cross through his resurrection so that we could be accepted into the family of God as a child of God. Tell me that's not good. It doesn't get any better. As Solomon said, he has made everything beautiful in its time. The last thing we're going to see today is how to dance to the playlist of our life. Solomon has shown us what to expect on the playlist of our life. He's shown us that God is control of the playlist of our life. And now he's going to show us how to dance to the playlist of our life. Verse 12. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Have you ever been to a party for a kid who's obsessed with gifts? They take a gift, they unwrap it, they set it down, their parents make them say, tell them thank you, and you get thank you. They hand him another gift, they unwrap it, they set it down. The parents make them say, thank you, they say, thank you. They set it down, they unwrap another gift, and it goes on and on and on and on, and finally the presents are done. And the little kid says, is that it? And all of the adults at the party look at that little kid, and they think to themselves that ungrateful little don't put a bad word in there we're in church that ungrateful little but isn't that how we operate we have a tendency to be ungrateful in the good times and unfaithful in the bad times You see, God is constantly giving us good gifts. We unwrap it, we don't say thank you, and we put it down. He gives us another good gift, we unwrap it, we don't say thank you, and we put it down. And on the days and times of life when it feels like there's nothing coming from God, we look at him and say, what else you got for me? Because when it doesn't seem like he's giving us what we want, we go and look for life somewhere else. What ends up happening is we're ungrateful in the good times and unfaithful in the bad times. What Solomon is saying here is if you're in a good time in life, if Cupid's shuffle comes on in your life, be grateful We need to see everything in our life as a gift from God. So I want to make this very practical for you. If you eat a good meal, you thank God for it. If you have a good workout, you thank God for it. If you make a good grade, you thank God for it. If you have a good interaction with someone, you thank God for it. If your child cleans their room without you asking, you thank God for it if someone does something nice for you you thank God for it you know what's interesting is that some of us go through life and we're so ungrateful because we're so focused on making it to the next thing even in the good times of our life we're waiting for it to change because we struggle with discontentment and we cannot wait to get to the next thing. Do you know what Solomon's challenge is to us? Be grateful in the good times and faithful in the tough times. When there's a song change in your life and closing time comes on, be thankful. Be faithful. Here's what I know the times that we sin the most are the times when life feels like it's crumbling or when we're hurting the most you see what you and I tend to do is we pacify our pain with things that bring more pain to our lives you know for me with the things that I'm most regretful for the decisions that I made that I regret in my life brought me more pain and they hurt the people I loved the most. And I know that about you as well. You know what Solomon is saying to us in the tough times? Be good. Be faithful. If you're in a tough spot right now and your heart is broken, Jesus Christ is your healer. If you're stressed out right now, Jesus Christ is your Prince of Peace. If you're lonely, Jesus Christ is your friend. If you're getting beat up by sin, Jesus Christ is your mighty warrior. Jesus has everything you need to make it through this tough season you are in. On Thursday, we did a funeral service for our dear friend, Pam Miller, our personal dear friend. She also attended this church. Pam had battled cancer for seven years. One of the things she wanted to do was write a book. She wrote a booklet. The title of her book is, Wow, Cancer Can Be Beautiful. I want to read you the last paragraph of this book. Would I say I'm glad I have had cancer? No, I wouldn't. But I would say I'm thankful for where I am now with the one who made me. The one who knows every hair on my head, who made all of these bones to begin with, who knows my every thought, my every want, my every need, and my every weakness. Yes. I am thankful for where this road has led me to a beautiful place with God that I could never have been. So I say, wow, cancer can be beautiful. Do you want to know how to dance to the playlist of your life? Here it is grateful in the good times and faithful in the tough times you see here at Pinion Hills Community Church we have next steps and these next steps aren't just for a few these next steps are for all of us so I want you all to get out your phone get your phones out get out your phones I want you to go to your texting app. Is that what it's called? Go to your texting app. I want you to put this number in, 505-412-4880. If you don't have your phone, you can pull out the Next Steps card in your program guide, but if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're like, today I want to look at the cross... Because the cross says that Jesus cares for me. If you want to accept Jesus today, text one, put one in there, and send it. We will contact you this week and let you and walk you through that. If you don't want to wait until somebody contacts you right after this service, we're going to have a prayer team over here. They'd love to walk you through how you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've accepted Christ and you've never followed Him in baptism, at the end of June we're going to have a baptism so if you want to be baptized text two to that number if you want to learn more about Pinion Hills Community Church if you want to know how you can become a part of our family we want you to be a part of our family text three if you want to become a part of a life group if you'd like to know more about a life group let me just tell you about my life group we meet every other week we met last Sunday at the end of our meeting we always pray for one another. We went around the table and they were all saying, what do you got going? What do you got going? I, I had a full week. I serve on the school board, uh, Farmington Municipal School. So on Tuesday night, I was at Farmington High for their graduation. On uh, Wednesday night, I was at Rosinante for their graduation. On Thursday afternoon, we had the service for my dear friend, Pam Miller. On Thursday night, I was at PV's graduation. On Sunday I was a little stressed I had a lot going on plus I was speaking today so I had all of that going on and you know what my life group did for me they prayed for me that's what a life group is about and this week different ones of them sent me a text and said hope you're getting your rest hope you're doing good is there anything we can do for you that's what a life group does if you want to know more about a life group text four, and we'll let you know how you can become part of one if you want to be thankful, if you want to be grateful in the good times and faithful in the bad times, maybe it's time you start giving. God wants you to give. And if you're like, "I and listen, I know you're like, well, we're at church and you're saying give to the church." Uh-uh. Give somewhere. God wants you to be a giver. It's why we stood up and clapped for those who've given. You want your life to count? Be a giver. Because I promise you, none of you like the stingy people in your life. Do you want to be grateful in the good times and faithful in the bad times? Become a server. Text six to that number. Look, we want you to serve here, and that's that's great. But if you don't want to serve here, serve somewhere. Because if you want to be grateful... In the good times, and faithful in the bad times, I promise you, if you start giving, you start serving, in the name of Jesus, you will do those things. Don't forget, next Saturday, we have our wild game luncheon from 11 to 1. There's going to be food, fun, and games for the entire family. If you have some wild game and you want to bring it, bring it. We'd love for you to bring it. We're going to have some grills ready for you. If you want to barbecue it for people, you can do that. You can bring it prepared that we want you to bring your family and just have a good time. Let me have you all stand. If you want prayer, there will be a prayer team right over here. They would love to pray for you. If you're in a bad peace in life, I encourage you to come and they will pray with you and we will give it to God together. I want you to remember this. Be grateful in the good times, and faithful in the tough times. And all God's people said, God bless you. You have a great Memorial Day.